welcome to the Football Betting Podcast. It's 2018 and we're back for what is hopefully going to be a really profitable and successful year with an FA Cup third round special. As ever, I'm your host Tom Pipkin and I'm joined by my co-host Tom Walker. Hi guys, welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. So without any further ado, shall we get cracking with the Friday night games for the FA Cup? We'll start with Liverpool, home to Everton, the big Merseyside derby on BBC One. This is a 7.55 kickoff, bit of a weird time. But Liverpool are priced at 2-5, the draw 7-2, and Everton, the outsiders, 13-2. I can't really look beyond Liverpool to get the win here. They can't stop winning at the moment, and they're at home against an Everton side who are really struggling to put the ball in the back of the net. And although it's a Merseyside derby, both teams will obviously want to win, Liverpool do have the better rotation options if... Klopp or Allardyce decide to ring the changes. Lallana's back and looking like a dead ringer for Joe Allen with his long hair and beard. And he's also looking pretty good on the pitch as well. Marnie grabbed a goal last week. And one player that won't be involved though is Coutinho, who apparently isn't fit. And we'll put that one in inverted commas. The rumour mill is saying that Barca are prepping another bid so Liverpool won't risk him getting injured. So, yeah, for me, and I guess you as well, probably Tom, that Liverpool are going to win against a team that can't really score for Toffee at the moment. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, Everton's big problem is, you know, at the sharp end, isn't it? and, you know, they have some good young players. They have Rooney, who's coming towards the end of his career, and as much as he's done well, you know, he doesn't lead the line anymore or stretch teams. And, yeah, for me, Liverpool... Uh, so exciting and so devastating going forward. I don't know how you can bet against them. Liverpool at 2-5 to five aren't really the most attractive price, are they? But nonetheless, we expect they'll win at home to Everton. The other Friday night game is Man United against Derby. Man U 2-9, the draw 5-1, to one, Derby 12-1. to one. And Derby are going great in the Championship. They're sitting in second place, but... Surely a trip to Old Trafford is going to be a step too far for Guy Rowitz, boys. It is, but one thing I would say is Mourinho better not underestimate Derby. Um, One of the the best teams in the Championship at the moment, more than capable of causing teams problems. And, you know, they're going to be right up for it. It's going to be a great, you know, great occasion for Derby. It's going to be, you know, a good test. For Rowett and his team, the fans will get behind him. Yeah, I think this will be this will be easy. Two to nine, absolutely. I can see why it is two to nine, but you wouldn't get me anywhere near that. No, no, me neither. Not worth betting on whatsoever. So we'll move on to Saturday then. Lots and lots of games on Saturday, so we're not going to go through all of them. We'll pick out our, our favourites and our uh, best outsider tips because. As ever, it's the FA Cup. There's bound to be a few shocks in there somewhere, so we'll try and predict some of those. But uh, do you want to kick us off with one you think is a surefire winner for this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. So I am technically going for an underdog, but I don't think they are an underdog. Uh, We're going to start off at Ewood Park, and we're going to visit the Blackburn City game. Yeah. Um, So Blackburn, obviously, are going absolutely great in League One, you know, me and Thomas spoke before. They had a slow start, uh, but they are absolutely flying now. And you know, it 
without guaranteeing anything too early, it does look like they will go on and get promotion. Uh, Hull City, it's very, very, very easy to forget. They got relegated from the Premier League last season. Yeah, They're in 21st. So, so they've really tumbled uh, their level of points at Burton. There's been a lot of disharmony at the club. Um, the managerial appointment of Nigel Adkins has not got the desired effect. Um, and it just seems to be a very unhappy place. Uh, they go into a, to a Blackburn team that you know are doing well for the first time in years, it has to be said. Yeah. Um, 23 to 20, I think... I think they'll get the job done. I don't think they'll they'll need double chance coverage or anything like that. I think they'll they'll get it done. No, I completely agree with that one. To be honest, Hull woefully out of form, aren't they? No wins in the last five games uh, in all competitions. Blackburn, on the other hand, have not lost for the last six. So, yeah, Blackburn to me justifying favoritism against the the team in the higher league here. Um, I'm going to go for a Premier League team who I don't think is actually a bad price. That's that's Leicester away at Fleetwood. And you can get Leicester at 3-5. to five. Now, I don't think it's a bad price for Leicester against a pretty bang average league one side, if we're being honest. Fleetwood haven't really hit the heights that most expected them to this season after uh, they finished in the playoffs last season. And I think you'll probably find that Claude Puel will uh, play a pretty strong squad for this one, considering their comfortable league position and the fact that he got an absolute ton of criticism for playing a weakened team in the Carabao Cup. Um, I think 3-5 to five for Leicester is not bad. And uh, obviously there's the, the underlying story of Jamie Vardy. Going back to Fleetwood, you know, they gave him his opportunity, didn't they, in non-league... Yeah. Uh, so you can almost guarantee that he's going to score. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. A million, a million percent. You can just see the back pages. Uh, Vardy will score. So, uh, yeah, I mean, three to five is, is a good price. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that one. One that I think, is, you know, around the same kind of ballpark is Aston Villa. Now, yeah. Aston Villa, they're at home to Peterborough. I'm fully aware that Villa, they've not absolutely smashed the league as many people would expect, but they are in fifth and they did absolutely destroy Bristol City. 5-0. Really impressive. 5-0. On the flip side, I'm completely aware that Peterborough are going well in League One. They've managed to get themselves up to eighth, so doing relatively decent, but uh, take any of that confidence and that form into this game. Four to seven, I think, is a decent price for Villa, if I'm honest. Yeah, completely agree with that. Peterborough, they're in eighth, but you just do not know what you're going to get from them week in, week out, do you? They're winning all game, pretty much, against Doncaster on New Year's Day. Conceded really late on and drew one all. The game before that, they lost one nil away at an MK Don side who had nine men for over an hour, pretty much, which was terrible. But then before that, they've won four on the bounce. And another thing I'd like to add to this game, the last two times Peterborough have visited Villa Park, Aston Villa has scored six past them. <laughs> so, oh. it's not, not a happy place for them to go. No, it's not a happy hunting ground, is it? 
yeah, I think Villa four to seven again. You know, a short price, but um, a good price. Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna go for Queens Park Rangers at home to MK Dons, and they're eight to eleven. So just a little bit under evens for QPR, but I think they should win this one against the League One side in MK Dons that are just hovering above the relegation zone. They're in 19th in League One, just two points above getting relegated, actually. They're not doing very well at all. QPR, uh, they're okay. They're in 17th in the Championship, but they've got a really good result coming from behind to beat Cardiff on New Year's Day, and their home form is a lot, lot better than their away form. If you remember, they've recently beat Wolves at home. As I said, just beat Cardiff and they beat Sheffield United. So they they do have strong home form and I think they're going to be too much for a struggling MK Dons team. Totally agree with that one as well. I'm going to follow that one up with Doncaster Rovers. Yeah. Uh, Doncaster Rovers have have been absolutely fantastic over this Christmas period. Um, In their last six games, They've won three, drew two, lost just the one. They're at home against fellow League One opposition, Rochdale. Now, Rochdale, uh, they are the complete opposite. They are second from bottom uh, of League One. They are six points away from Oldham, who occupy the last safety position. And you can get Doncaster at evens. Great price. Which I think is a wonderful price. Lovely little price. Um, Lovely little price. Doncaster, especially at home, they are very, very strong. They have beaten Rochdale, actually, uh, the 29th of December. So not even that long ago. In the league, they beat them 2-0 at home. They've beat Northampton at home. They beat Scunthorpe, MK Dons, Portsmouth at home. They beat Southend. Sunderland under 21s like they've got some very very good uh, home form and yeah I honestly do think that uh, Doncaster who actually have only lost one in the last 10 games I think Evans is an absolute steal yeah I agree great price and do you know when the last time Rochdale won in the league was this season tell me they haven't wow okay well that's a pretty good tip then. Um, they did, they did <laughs> I, win. I wasn't aware. I knew they were bad, but yeah. I didn't know they hadn't won away from home. It all comes down to team news, right? Um, That's right. Yeah. Doncaster could put a load of 17-year-olds out. Rochdale will probably run out two 3-0 winners if they play their full-strength team. But we're assuming both teams still want to you know, capitalise on the fact they got a divisional rival and a winnable route into the fourth round. Yeah, that's the thing. If you if you're a, a League One, League Two side and you get drawn against another League One, League Two side, it's always worth playing a strong squad, I think, because you've got a great chance of getting through to the next round and you could get an absolute money spinner against one of the Premier League sides in the fourth yeah. round. Look what the FA Cup did for Lincoln. Oh yeah. Magic. Lincoln's momentum, unbelievable. Like the the Crowley brothers have done wonderfully and I think they'd have got promoted without the FA Cup but it just magnifies your club it makes you more attractive for new players or potential new managers or new coaches to come and join gives you huge momentum and correct me if I'm wrong but they're up and around the promotion picture yeah right now I think I think they're they're around fifth most of that is down to 
down to momentum that they've gained from you know promotion in the FA Cup. So totally agree with you. It's well worth uh, giving it your all. Definitely. Um, right, where shall I go to next? I think we're going to go for uh, an all-championship tie next. And we're going to go to the Riverside. And uh, the reign of Tony Pulis is up and running for Middlesbrough. They host Sunderland this weekend, and they're 4-5 to five to get the victory for that one. Pulis, as I just said, been in charge for two games now. Lost the first one, not great. Um, but then a great comeback victory away at Millwall, which is a really, really tough place to go. I came back from 2-1 down in the second half to eventually win that 3-2. So that's going to be a great boost to Tony and his boys. And I think they're going to be too strong for a Sunderland team who followed up a good victory um, over Christmas away at Nottingham Forest with an absolute shocker by losing at home to Barnsley on New Year's Day. They're still rooted to the bottom of the championship, although they have improved since Cookie Coleman took over, but I do think Middlesbrough are going to have too much. I just think if you take away that victory against uh, Nottingham Forest, who you know everyone knows now were a very vulnerable team at that point, you know, following, you know, that was a catalyst for Mark Warburton's dismissal. Yeah. If you take that away, they drew at home to Birmingham, lost 3-0 away at Sheffield United and lost 1-0 at home to Barnsley in the last three games. Um, So it's not been a wonderful run. Birmingham and Barnsley, they should be picking up more than one point from that game yeah, Sheffield definitely. United away you can understand them getting they got beat 3-0 and it's pretty comfortable um, I look at Sunderland's team and it it's so bad <laughs> it it's, is not good it's awful I, I have no idea how they got themselves into this position um, mm. a team that's just come down from the Premier League should they should not look like that no, I, I literally, um, I started um, a football manager file with Sunderland over Christmas. I lasted six games, then I quit. <laughs> just quit, just couldn't, couldn't do, do it. it. I couldn't do it. I won the first game, which I thought, oh yeah, this is this is it. I'm going to turn this club around. Lost the next five. The board wanted the playoffs. Wow. The, the, the board wanted playoffs. Playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty rough and... Like John O'Shea, he's had a great career, but he's finished. Uh, yeah. Um, unfortunately, and that's so hard, you know, to come out and say about someone who's pretty much everything there is at United and everything. Players like George Honeyman and Donald Love, jury's out. Are they actually good enough? Uh, James Vaughan, uh, they signed him from Berry, not overly inspiring. Lee Catamol, still waiting for him to offer anything more than aggression and a tackle. There's just there's a lot of ageing players, there's a lot of players that have been there for too long. Yeah. And there's not enough spark in the team. Darren Gibson is a classic example. That guy should be in the SBL with Partick Thistle. <laughs> or he should be player manager of Cork City in the Irish League. It's just, you know, he's not cut out for championship football anymore, but that's what Coleman's got and he's just got to keep him up, get to the summer and then he can, you know, 
get rid of absolutely everyone, pretty much, and uh, go from there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you agree, Middlesbrough, to win this one? Yes. I. <laughs> yeah. Going back to the gaming <laughs> question. <laughs> yes, I would. Uh, I would back Middlesbrough for sure. And uh, just to point out, this is a one o'clock kickoff, guys. If you were interested on betting on it, one o'clock on Saturday, not three o'clock. Perfect. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. Hit me. How big of a test is this for both Wolves and Swansea? What a game. I was going to ask you this exact same question because this is uh, it's really tough to call. A couple of weeks ago, you'd have said Wolves all day. When the draw was made and I saw Wolves at home to Swansea, I sit next to a Wolves fan at work and he was like, we'll have them all day. And I was thinking, yeah, you're right, you will. Um, but since Carverhouse come in, to be fair, they got the win, a great win against Watford in his first game in charge. Then they played Spurs um, on the Tuesday night, midweek, and a respectable 2-0 loss. I think they played pretty well, had plenty of chances to score, hit the woodwork. So they've shown something since the managerial change. There's a bit of fight in the club now, which wasn't there whatsoever before, which makes this one a lot tougher to call than it would have been before. Yeah. I'm going to I'm think I'm still going to go with Wolves to be honest. I think what I'm going to what I'm going to predict is I think Carvajal will come in. I think he's had two games, like you said, a winnable game and a bit of a free hit against Spurs. He's going to want to see what his fringe players can offer him. And I think because he's a new manager, he's going to want to see, you know, what everyone can yeah. can do, pretty much. He's going to want to give everyone a chance. Yeah. So I think he'll rotate, and I don't think Wolves will. I think Wolves will continue in the same vein. Uh, just to go through the odds, you've got Wolves at 17 to 20, the draw at 5 to 2, and Swansea City at 16 to 5. Mass- That's massive a big for, price. Massive for a Premier League club to be outsiders of that magnitude against the championship club you hit the nail on the head to be honest with that Swansea the priority has got to be stay in the Premier League hasn't it and he's going to use this opportunity as you say to look at other players whereas Wolves are so far ahead now in the championship they're on 61 points and Cardiff in third place are on 47 so that's 14 points comfortably within the automatic promotion spots and they're going to love a cup run to complement their uh, what is surely going to be a title-winning season. Yeah, and uh, it's a bit of a free hit for Wolves. Good for the manager as well to gauge, you know, where his team really is that, you know, play against some current Premier League players. Yeah, I think, for me, I would also go with Wolves, purely because I think Carvajal will rotate. 17-20 to 20 is an attractive price. Yeah, let's not forget as well, Wolves actually drew 0-0 with Man City, didn't they, earlier on this season in the Carabao Cup and only lost on penalties. So if you can go to the Etihad, draw 0-0 against the best team in, in Europe, arguably, then you can definitely beat Swansea at home. Right, I'm going to go to Hewish Park, where we've got Yeovil against Bradford. And I'm going to tip the away side here, Bradford, and they're at odds of 4-5. to Yeovil are currently in League 2. They're in 20th, so they're 7 points above the relegation spots in that division, but they're not doing great. They're not having a great season. Bradford, on the other hand, are 5th in the League 1 playoffs, 
uh, 48 points and have one of the best away records in that league. I think you'll find Bradford again put in another good away performance and and get a, a pretty steady, comfortable win into the next round away at Yeovil, who don't pose too much of a problem. They can score goals, but on the other hand, they've conceded 47 from their 26 games, so there's major problems at the other end. Yeah, and we, we've spoke, spoke before, haven't we, about uh, the fact that Bradford, notorious for fantastic home form uh, for the last, what, four seasons? Yeah. And this year, it's completely changed and uh, they're the team to be away from home. So, yeah, very solid tip there, uh, has, to, uh, has to be said. So I'm going to follow up. Uh, I feel a little bit like the Grim Reaper. Um, I'm praying, <laughs> or, or a vulture. I'm kind of, I'm kind of fee- feeding on what's surely going to be a mag- managerial casualty. I'm looking at League Two, Coventry City, at home to Premier League Stoke City. Oh, this has um, got upset all over it. Yeah, so obviously, you know, there's a fair few positions between the two. Coventry, you know, they're no mugs at their level. Uh, they're occupying the final automatic spot in third. We've spoke about them before. Very hard to beat, very hard to break down. Then you've got Stoke. My, where do you where do you go with Stoke? Yeah. Uh, Mark Hughes rested his team um, away at Chelsea. Basically, on match of the day, said that he basically knew they were going to get beat. He knew they were going to get beat hard. He was saving his team for Newcastle at home, which they duly lost 1-0. So not, yeah. not a managerial yeah. masterstroke no. from uh, Sparky. No. And you got Coventry, who are going to be right up for it. Uh, they've won four of their last six, and they are priced at 15-4, to four, if you fancy the upset. Yeah, this is one game I would have earmarked as a potential upset. All is not well in the Stoke camp, is it, at all? Mark Hughes got a lot of stick for, as you say, resting a lot of players against Chelsea and then playing his strongest squad against Newcastle. And I can understand why he did it, because you kind of got to pick your games, especially over the Christmas period when they come so thick and fast. But if you're going to rest players for one game and then play your strongest team in the other game, you have to win that Newcastle game. You've got to. Otherwise, you look like a complete... T W A T, and I totally agree, Tom. <laughs> I totally agree, buddy. My problem with it is the fact that he was there was no fight. Yeah, away away at Chelsea. Yeah, like he couldn't give a monkeys. I'm surprised. In my opinion, I'm surprised more hasn't been done in terms of punishments for Stoke or for Mark Hughes for kind of throwing a game because other teams would look at that I I guess I guess because the the league is it's kind of midway through the season Man City are going to win the league if this actually had serious implications on where the title would go or anything like that then surely a lot of other teams would be up in arms about it absolutely it's something that is controversial um, and teams have been done for it in the past. I remember, you know, previously, uh, you know, there were fines given yeah. out and things like that for arresting uh, players. 
But you know, each team has to look after themselves, and that yeah. that's what they will always come down to. They've got their own club's best interests at heart, so can't really argue with that. I don't think, uh, but yeah, it seems to be a matter of time, doesn't it? Seven losses in the last ten for Stoke. Yeah, um, it's it's not looking good for Hughes. No, it's not. Um, so I've got one more game for Saturday, and this one's a bit of an outsider. So Carlisle at home to Sheffield Wednesday. Carlisle priced at sixteen to five. Uh, the draw thirteen to five, and Wednesday are five to six favourites, as you'd expect. But they are having a torrid time at the moment. Absolutely terrible. Currently without a manager after Carlos Carvajal got sacked. They're really struggling. Just one win in 10 matches, five losses in the last six. There's an ageing squad there. There seems to be a lot of negativity from the fans about the whole club in general. So this could be a case of Carlisle kicking a team whilst they're down. And at 10-3, to I think it could be worth a little punt alongside another outsider. Yeah, I totally agree. That other outsider for me uh, could be Bristol City. Now, Bristol City are going away to Watford. And all is not well at Watford, is it? No, what happened not. there? No, that halo has really disappeared from above Marco Silva's head. And horns are growing out of it. <laughs> um, it's, it's, a to, it's a total opposite of the start of the season where you know everyone thought they might be the fairy tale team. Yeah. They've only won one game in their last six now, um, and that's five other defeats. And the manner in their defeat, especially at home to Swansea, that's a yeah, huge that's, game. That was poor. And, um, yeah, they, they were winning until, I think, the 82nd minute, and then managed to throw it away and lose 2-1. Uh, Bristol City, we, we mentioned uh, earlier in the show, Villa completely battered them 5-0. Um, so, you know, they're they're wounded. Uh, but they'll see this as a real opportunity to go and get an upset. There's no reason why Bristol City should be scared of Watford, in my opinion. No, especially because the, these two met in the Carabao Cup earlier on in the season. Uh, and Bristol City actually won that game 3-2, again away from home. And that was at a time when Watford were really performing well, up there in the top 6-7 of the league. And Bristol City were doing OK around upper mid-table in the championship. So now the roles have kind of reversed a little bit. Bristol City know that they can win at Vicarage Road because they have done it already. And I think 5-1 to one is, is a good price for the outsider here. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, like I said, I think, I think they'll see it as a little bit of a free hit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no reason to be scared of them. So, right. in my opinion, that's uh, probably Saturday's games wrapped up. Absolutely. So... There's a few games on Sunday. The only one which really stands out for me, to be honest, that's worth betting on is Arsenal away at our own Nottingham Forest. Arsenal are 9 to 20, which is not a bad price, really, considering. I think you also get Arsenal to win on the handicap. Minus one, you can get at 5 to 4, um, or minus two at 3 to 1. So, depending on how much you fancy Forest to get battered by Arsenal. They're not too bad odds. This was a fixture in the FA Cup last season and Arsenal went to the city ground and won 4-0. So I could see a repeat. Let's just have a let's just have a quick word on Forrest. For those of you that are tuning in for the first time, me and Tom are Nottingham boys, always supported Forrest. 
obviously, Forrester just sat their manager. as uh, Mark Warburton this time. Uh, I believe it was about nine months in charge. Yeah, something, something like, like it that. It wasn't long. Yeah. What What are your uh, What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on the the way the club's going at the moment? Yeah, well, we spoke a lot about this, haven't we, in the week when the news broke? Um, it's very short sighted, and it just it's just a cycle that starts again and again, expecting instant results. The real like kind of kick in the teeth about this decision to sack Mark Warburton is that. We've had a new board in over the summer with Maranakis coming in to take over from Fawaz. And there's been a real sense of optimism around the club since that takeover. They've preached stability and how managers need to be given time and things haven't been run right in the past. And, and it just flies in the face of everything that they said to supporters um, when they first took over in the summer. So I think it's a short-sighted decision that I don't agree with. But I, I can see why it has been made because results haven't been, been great and there's quite a lot of fans calling for him to be sacked. So they've kind of caved in, I think, to a bit of supporter pressure. In my opinion, Nottingham Forest supporters are a, a toxic poison to their own club. <laughs> and I, I honestly, I honestly, as a fan, I, I can't bear to read... Twitter comments, Facebook comments, yeah, any social media platform where you can discuss. It's it's all of the belief that we're some championship powerhouse. No, we're not. We're, we're nowhere near that. We got promoted from League One in 2008-9 and we're still there. And we've nearly got relegated twice. Yeah. Yes, we've had playoff campaigns in that time as well but ultimately they failed and we're not this big club that people think we are anymore yes we've got great history and yes you know we're bigger than some of the other clubs in the league and we always will be but right now I think people need to realize that we nearly got relegated on the final game of the season Barnsley didn't Burton Albion didn't and they're two teams that we're supposed to be bigger than and you don't see Barnsley or Burton Albion freaking out. I think Forrest are sat in mid-table. They're very much win one, lose two, win two, lose one. And that's fine. That's fine. Uh, we're in 14th right now. We're 10 points off the playoffs. And we are eight points clear of relegation. That's exactly where I want this team to be at this stage of Mark Warburton's um, reign, and that's exactly where we should be. We've yeah. got good young players, and for me, I've really, really, really took this particular sacking very badly because, same as what you said, I feel like it's the same stuff. Promises, 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 and ultimately, we're in the same position we were four years ago yeah. when we sacked God knows who else we had. Yeah, the shocking stat for me that I saw um, over the weekend was that Forest have had a different manager on New Year's Day for the last eight years in a row. It's ridiculous. That's, it is an absolutely pathetic. ridiculous stat. And do you know what? It's it's a wonder why we're not doing anything in football, it, and people wonder why we're not where people believe we should be. 
Um, I also heard a stat the other day. The current Nottingham Forest team, bearing in mind that half, almost half of our players, maybe a third, are academy graduates. Yeah. They've been signed by 11 different managers. Wow. 11, so you've got 11 different managers, their thoughts, their Jesus players, Christ. rolled into... Do you, do you know what I mean? That, yeah. You get a team, you inherit a team. It's not like it was built by two or three managers. 11 managers, Tom. That's crazy. And it's, it's supposed to mould all that together. Yeah. And I think I think a manager needs three transfer windows to yeah. really be judged. That in that time he should be able to get his players out and he should be able to get his players in. And if it and if it's not performing after that, then I think you can start looking at him. But Warburton's had one and a quarter. Wow. And I firmly believe that we stayed mid table got to the summer, brought some new players in and had a top 10 push next year. But it won't be. Uh, we will finish 16th this year. Um, then we'll sign a load of new players and then we'll finish probably 12th the following year, then 18th, then 24th. I don't know. I'm not happy. <laughs> no, but it is. I'm not happy. You're, you're right. It is, it is really frustrating, really frustrating. Back at square one. But um, it takes time to turn this club around. Mark Warburton himself said it's it's not like turning a car around. Turning Nottingham Forest around is is like an oil tanker. It takes time. He's trying to implement a philosophy, um, and you need time to implement a philosophy because it doesn't happen over a few weeks and months. It's been quite a well mentioned thing now. But let's look at Lee Johnston as Bristol City manager. He's trying to build something there. They lost eight in a row last season. And they were sliding towards a trapdoor of relegation. But they didn't panic. They managed to turn it round. And now look at them now. It's it's all about time and patience. And unfortunately, it's just the way of football these days that managers just don't get it. But um, hey-ho. Hey-ho, back to the game. Arsenal win 4-0. Get on it. <laughs> <laughs> right, and that for me ends the, the FA Cup games. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No. No. Uh, do you want to move on to the the smattering of League One and Two? Yeah, handful of League One and League Two this weekend. So we've got four games in League One. For me, there's only one which really stands out here, and that's Plymouth at home uh, to Bury. I'm sure you'll probably agree. Plymouth are thirteen. Yeah, to I, 10. I had a feel. I had a feeling you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah. Plymouth are thirteen to ten favourites for this one. Great price. Uh, the draw twenty three to ten and Barry twenty one to ten outsiders. Um, no other, no nothing other than a Plymouth victory here for me. Barry are at rock bottom of the league, eleven points from safety. Plymouth have really started to hit their stride after they were bottom for a long time at the start of the season, but they're up to sixteenth now. They've won four out of the last six games, drawing the other two. They've won four home matches in a row. This is looking to make it five. And uh, Barry have lost their last five matches in the league without even scoring a goal. Terrible. Barry put some money behind it as well. They did for League One. They signed some some pretty big kind of at the end of their career names. They you know signed Jermaine Beckford and a few other players like that, and they went for it. But sat bottom and in Plymouth, Graham Carey. 
he looks way too good for League One. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't surprise way me if he got a championship move. Yeah, whether that'll happen in January, I, I don't know if he's linked with ever, with anyone. If it doesn't happen January, he'll be off in the summer. Looks a very good player. Uh, League Two. League what two. do you have to say about League Two? Yeah, there's a bit more in League Two, which takes my eye. We've got Accrington at home to Chesterfield. I think they will probably win that one. They're odds of four to six, so it's not the best. But um, they've won one out of their last six, which isn't great. I know. They were winning last weekend um, at home to Morecambe, but the game got abandoned at half-time because of rain. But uh, Chesterfield had a little bit of a revival under Jack Lester when he first came in. Now they've not won for the last five games, losing four, drawing one. So that purple patch is gone. And I do think Accrington will beat the team that is down in 22nd. Totally agree with you there. Real shame about Accrington. It's a bomb-proof trebles and uh, yeah. we'll reveal why we were why we were pretty annoyed. Um, but following up from that, I believe the next one you're probably going to go to is Colchester. That's right. A team that we didn't even mention on the podcast until you know maybe three three weeks ago or so. They're in eight. They are one point off the final playoff spot. Colchester are very very solid at home. Uh, they're playing a Cheltenham team that is seventeen. Uh, Colchester they're unbeaten in their last six, and you have to go back to the fourth of November, uh, the last time they lost a home game. That was to Oxford City in the FA Cup. So uh, the form is definitely with Colchester um, at home and they are priced at 6-5. to five. Yeah, I agree with that one as well. So one more for me, and it pains me to say it, but what on earth has happened to Forest Green Rovers? They've just capitulated. They're down rock bottom of League 2. It's not looking good for them. Manager and son both got sent off in the same game at the same time for, uh, for Forest Green. That's, on New that Year's is Day. so hilarious. Yeah. No wins now in the last seven league games. You've got to go back to the 18th of November when they beat Crew 3-2 for their last home victory, or for their last victory in general in the league. So they're not doing very well whatsoever. Port Vale, on the other hand, who would have thought they'd have thumped Luton 4-0? They've had a great Christmas period. They did lose their most recent game away at Notts County. That's a tough, tough place to go. Probably one of the toughest in the, in the entire division. But other than that, as I say, absolutely steamrolled Luton, 4-0. They beat Coventry, who we said a third in the league, 1-0. Um, they went away to Carlisle. They drew against Colchester. So they've, got, they've played a lot of teams up there in the league. Uh, around this Christmas period and they've passed the test with flying colours to be honest they have and uh, very bad news for Forest Green fans on top of the fact that we think they're going to lose this weekend Cardiff City are rumoured to be launching a £1 million bid for Chris Doidge the the, uh, top scorer for Forest Green and it's not looking good for them Um, if they lose him that's going to be a huge huge Dagger through the hearts, isn't it? That is that is curtains. If they lose lose our man Deutsch, that is dead done. He's got twelve goals, two assists this season. 
without him, you, you have to ask where they would be. Uh, when we went on that purple patch of betting on him uh, and winning quite a bit of money, it was uh, mainly down to him that yeah. we won. So, uh, yeah, that would be complete curtains Absolutely. if he was to go. Right. So let's recap the Christmas period bomb-proof trebles, shall we, Tom? Absolutely. There was a fair few. How did we get on? So let's kick things off with our Boxing Day winning bomb-proof treble. We picked out Blackburn, who managed to comfortably win 2-0 at home to lowly Rochdale. We also picked out Portsmouth, who had a comfortable 2-1 victory over lowly AFC Wimbledon. And to top it off, we had the most comfortable result of the weekend for us. Lincoln City brushed aside Stevenage 3-0 at home, and we won a 5.5-1 on-proof treble. Love it. Love a little Christmas winner. Get a bit of Christmas money back. So let's move on then to the 30th of December. Introduce us for us, Tom. We managed to pick three teams, but we didn't win. Why is that, Tom? So, first of all, we picked Portsmouth, who won 3-1 at home to Northampton. Loving Portsmouth over Christmas. We also had Exeter. They won 2-1 at home to Barnet. And again, we picked Lincoln and they won 2-1 at home to Forest Green Rovers. So all three teams won, but unfortunately we didn't win any money because we tipped minus one for Lincoln on the handicap against Forest Green, and because they only won by the one goal, unfortunately the bomb-proof treble lost. That was frustrating. Oh. Very frustrating. We're moving on to New Year's Day. We did successfully tip Scunthorpe. They beat bottom of League One Berry. 1-0 at home. And then we were tipped Accrington, who were winning 1-0 at home to Morecambe, but the match got abandoned at half-time, so we'll, kind of, we'll claim that one as a victory. However, it wasn't to be. Leeds United at home to managerless Nottingham Forest could only conjure up a 0-0 draw, so that cost the treble in the end. Overall, for the whole Christmas period, we actually chose nine teams with eight winning. Yeah. Just Leeds drawing nil-nil at Forest were the only team not to win. So result-wise, we were <laughs> we were pretty much on the we were pretty much on the money. Yeah, we were on the money over Christmas. Uh, so hopefully we'll get twenty eighteen off to an equally good start. So do you want to tell people what the Bombay Treble is all about in case they've never heard the show before? Absolutely, guys. So this is the world-famous part of the show where me and Tom put together all of that research um, and all of that knowledge and we combine it to make a bomb-proof treble. So we pick three teams each that we think will definitely win you some money. Um, and at the end of the season, we're going to total up how much you would have won uh, individually and how much you would have won as a show. So I went first the last time we did a show. So, Tom, you can go first this week. Okay. Well, I'm going for a treble of Plymouth at home to Bury, and they're 13 to 10. I'm going to go for Doncaster at home to Rochdale, and they're evens. And I'm going to go for Leicester away at Fleetwood, and they're 3 to 5. So, the Plymouth game and the Doncaster game are both Saturday 3 o'clock kickoffs, but Fleetwood Leicester is 12.45. Don't kill me, please. <laughs> <laughs> £10 on that one returns £74. Solid. Yeah, pretty good stuff, that. Yeah. 
I'm going to respond to that bomb-proof treble uh, with one of my own. So I'm going to start off in the FA Cup, and I'm going to go for Wolverhampton Wanderers, 17-20 to 20 at home to Swansea City. I'm going to go for Blackburn Rovers at home to Hull City. They're 23-20, to 20, also in the FA Cup. And then we got a bit of league action to finish it off. We're going to go into League 2, and we're going to go for Colchester, 6-5. to five. Ten pounds on returns eighty-seven. Ooh, nice return that. Technically two outsiders, uh, but we spoke on the show that you know we we actually think those two are favourites pretty much. So yeah, yeah, really, really excited about that one. I think uh, some FA Cup magic could uh, sprinkle me. Yeah, well, let's hope so. Let's call it the FA Cup magic treble. Yeah, original name, great name. <laughs> A lot of thought went into that one. Uh, um, Guys, if you have enjoyed the show, there are numerous ways you can keep in touch with us. Uh, The best way is Twitter. We're very active on Twitter, um, and we like it when uh, the profit chasers get involved with us. Our handle is T underscore FB podcast. Uh, You can also get at us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash football betting podcast. You can also email us. Uh, so if you have any inquiries that you would like to email over, um, footballbettingpodcast at gmail.com. And Tom is going to go through the website. Yep, so you can visit our website, www.footballbettingpodcast.co.uk. We're trying to get as much to do on there as possible. So we've got a forum on there now where we can discuss bets and tips with each other. And there's the blog, which we try and keep updated as regularly as possible and you can also contribute too if you're a keen content writer um, and then there's a free bet section now on the website so we teamed up with numerous bookmakers to get you as many free bets as we can to be honest so go on there see what we've got yeah absolutely plenty of opportunities exclusive opportunities to uh, profit chasers uh, listening to the football betting podcast yes and the best thing that you could do for us Profit Chasers, aside from listening to the show, is going on iTunes and rating and reviewing the show. Um, It only takes two minutes maximum of your time. We'd really appreciate that if you could just go on, rate us, and help us move up the rankings, really, so we can continue to grow and grow as we already have done, as we approach our our first birthday. Absolutely. Next month. Next month, Next month, uh, which which is pretty good stuff. Let's talk fancy football. Do we have to? Just quickly. Really? Yes, we do. Oh. Um, although at the time of recording, um, it hasn't updated the uh, the fixtures from like the Wednesday night games because obviously there's uh, Arsenal to come. Um, I am sat in 23rd. So if you remember, uh, we did say that if you finish uh, below 40th, <laughs> uh, you won't be allowed to play next year. Tom is currently 43rd out of 48. Um, so, so he's not going to be allowed to play next year. He's going to get relegated. He'll have to play the championship, uh, the championship fantasy football. Um, right now, Tom Arnold is still top uh, with uh, Walt, Waltham Stowe Wildlings. Um, he has got Masawaku in his team, which just pains me. Um, but he is top. Um, but yeah, we have uh, 48 teams in the league. 
it's still open if you want to join. If you've got a team already and you want to, you know, join and compete with us, you'll you'll come in on your current points level. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have to come in and start from scratch. Tweet us if you want the league code. We're more than happy to share it. And we have mentioned before a free bet as a prize for the winner. So Tom Arnold, right now, you'll be getting a free bet, buddy. He will. Good times. He will. He will. I might win the Championship League free bet next year. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> then, then, then we'll let you play 2019-2020. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm quite happy. I'm in 23rd. I'm sat in mid-table, way ahead of you. So You've had a good pretty, few weeks. Pretty delighted you, about that. You were struggling a bit. You were struggling a bit, but you've really picked up. Yeah, I was down in the in the late thirties. Yeah, but uh, sur- surged through. Jesse Lingard, buddy, that's my secret weapon. That's not so secret now. Uh, <laughs> but Je- Jesse Lingard, I've had him for quite a while, and no one has until. Uh, so yeah, he's been doing the business for me. Well, hopefully he stops. <laughs> nah. Well, guys, I think that is the end of the FA Cup third round special. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening as ever. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure as always. Uh, let's hope for a profitable and successful 2018. Thank you very much for listening as ever, guys. We will see you on the flip side. Bye bye.